Welcome to the Sex Magic Podcast, where we explore the connections between sexuality and spirituality, the various cultures and traditions of sex magic, and conversations about everything in between, led by a coven of curious modern witches. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is Sex Magic Podcast, our website is sexmagicpodcast.com, and if you want to send us an email, sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com. I am so excited. Today we are joined by Lenore Black, who is a sex witch, erotic coach, somatic healer, a writer, and sacred slut. (laughs) I'm really, really looking forward to uh, talking with you in this episode. I think we all have a lot in common, so this should be really fun. And thank you so much for being here. Yes, I'm already blushing right now. Thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, Strong start. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm so happy to be here. I absolutely love what you guys are doing and mm-hmm. I love talking about this. So. <laughs> <laughs> you too. <laughs> Um, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your work? Yeah, so I do. Um, I work with ritual eroticism and conscious kink to help my clients experience breakthroughs and transformations in sexuality and with healing and expansion. And I feel like you can't really have expansion without healing, so they kind of go <laughs> hand in hand. But um, but yeah, I do coaching, incorporating incorporating concepts that I learned from traditional witchcraft craft and also somatic therapy as well. Hmm. So do you see clients in person or online yeah. or both? So I do a little bit of both now. And I actually, when I first started, I was like really wanting to see clients online, but I actually really love the experience mm. of being in person with someone. And yeah, it's really nice. I second that. I really love the in-person thing yep. as well. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about what somatic healing is, just for our listeners who might yeah. not know? So it's um, it all comes back to the body. And I feel like everything also kind of starts in the body. Um, so many times we have experiences, we have traumas, we have things, and we kind of just brush them off. And they are usually always stored somewhere in the body. And even beyond that, like our fears, anxieties, um, and it can also change too. Like sometimes Sometimes um, for me, my noise comes from the stomach. So it's like whenever my stomach has a feeling, I'm like, oh, I need to like listen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but other times my anxiety or my fears can be in my jaw and I can feel my neck tightening. And it's kind of that process of just getting to know where those are hiding in your body and knowing that they do kind of shift and change and one will kind of go away for a while and another one pops up and always kind of being aware of that. And I feel like even just the awareness of knowing where it is in your body also kind of takes your mind off of it in some way. It kind of gives you something else to focus on. Mm. I really love that. It's almost like the awareness is a power in itself. Yeah. 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 I can relate to that for sure. And there's just one thing I shared with a good friend of mine this past week about anxiety and Think of how many times we felt really tense. Mm-hmm. It's so much harder to ask yourself, like, oh, calm down, calm down, calm down. But what if you just start one step at a time? Like, can I reduce the tightness in my jaw? Yes. Can I make my lips slightly separate? You know, mm-hmm. so I definitely yeah. resonate with that because it's like just doing those little steps. I'm like, I'm in control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you're not so focused on like, yeah, like, oh, what's wrong with me? Or like, why can't I get a, like a grip on this? Mm. And it's nice. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so how did your spiritual journey begin? Um, so my so it began very young. Um, I always joke that I was like born a sex witch because I started masturbating at a super young age. I think I was like five years old and was obviously obsessed with it. And um <laughs> and it was funny because even my first sexual fantasy, like I was so young, I didn't even associate like pleasure with humans or anything even close to that so my first fantasy was I would think of a volcano and it would be like slowly getting like hotter and hotter and then the volcano would erupt and then I would be able to have an orgasm wow. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. so that it's was like, like the goddess Pele <laughs> yeah exactly that was like my first um sexual fantasy and then I also was obsessed with witches from as long as I can remember. I was like a witch every year for Halloween. I would read all the Harry Potter books over and over and over again until the new one came out and then start <laughs> all over. And um, and yeah, it was actually really great because I was raised in a really small town in the middle of nowhere. And even though my town was very Christian. Um, my parents weren't, which was pretty cool. And they were kind of like, they were raised pretty religious, so they kind of didn't have anything. But I was also a really intense kid, so I really wanted something. And um, yeah, it was, I, my stepdad at the time gave me a copy of The Craft, the movie. And it was like <laughs> the first time where I was like, holy fuck, this is real. Like, I, because to me, like, witches felt like vampires or, you know, it was just like this fantasy thing that I would just wanted so badly to be real. And then all of a sudden I was like, holy shit, it's real. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was also around that same time I also experienced a significant amount of childhood sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. And growing up, it was like, through starting to masturbate and then getting caught by my parents and having them be like, this is bad, you can't do this. So that was kind of when I first was like, oh, there's something wrong with me. Like, why do I enjoy this terrible thing? And so then it kind of started this whole like rough pattern of self-loathing in my life that, um, yeah. And then when I was a teenager, it was like, it was great because I found Wicca and it was this path that was like, you can be sexual, you can masturbate, you can use it for, uh, you can use your orgasms for spell work and all this. So I was like, awesome. Fuck yeah. And, but I almost used it as a way, like, that's kind of where I ended it at the time was like, mm -hmm. okay, well, witchcraft says it's okay. So everything I'm doing is now okay. And it didn't really quite work out that great for for my teenage years and um I definitely dealt with a lot of sex addiction I kind of like went off the deep end and was just very intense wanted to try everything um and then as I got older it was like I you know the sex addiction kept getting worse and worse because I was addicted to like I would say the risk or like the danger whereas I feel like some people who deal with addiction want the pleasure like they just want to escape into pleasure whereas mine was like escaping into like suffering <laughs> which um and so as I got older um, when I was 16 I joined a pagan college group in my area and it was the first time I had ever met other witches and mm -hmm. they were fucking awesome and it was like the first time I was ever exposed to polyamory, BDSM, alternative sexualities. 
And through that community, I found a lot of healing, but I still was really suffering in my personal life. And it always felt like I was kind of holding this dark secret. And the more I kept trying to repress it and hide it, the more it would come out in Mm. dangerous ways. In my mid, so I also began exploring BDSM probably when I was like 18. I joined FetLife, which was great because, I mean, it's, it's a super insane website. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. so it's like, it's definitely not great, but it, it was the best thing for me at the time and gave me so much vocabulary around mm-hmm. things that I had never um, been able to understand before. And I knew that I was always kinky, but my idea of what I thought were my kinks didn't match up with what the uh, projections I had seen of what BDSM was supposed to be, Mm -hmm. like whips and chains and that whole thing. I was like, "Eh." like, I'll try it, but I don't know if that's really what I'm into. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, it wasn't until, um, yeah, I had had kind of hit a rock bottom in my mid-20s and had gone to jail. I almost died in a car accident that was my own fault and also through this kind of like sex addiction phase. and kind of had this like moment where I was like, all right, I need to figure this shit out or I'm going to die eventually. Like it's just, it can't get any further than this. And so around the same time I met up with uh, my mentor who was this kind of BDSM domly dom guy and had also experienced a lot of sexual abuse and physical abuse when he was younger and it also struggled with sex addiction and it was kind of the first person in my life who was able to really see me for who I was Mm. and be like you know I see you like everything's fine like you can actually use this to really heal yourself and you can use sex in a more conscious way so Mm. at the time I had been I'd gotten into sex work but it wasn't really from a very embodied place it was just Mm. it seemed like the next most dangerous thing that I should try so Mm -hmm. um, um, so after, so I moved to California thinking all my problems would magically disappear because I'm in California, but they <laughs> followed me, unfortunately. And, um, but yeah, it created a really beautiful environment for me to just dive in deep to my healing journey. And I even kind of put witchcraft, I was still always a part of my life, but I just kind of put it on the back burner for like two years and was like, you know what, I'm just going to focus on healing. And this is what I need to dive in deep here and get my shit figured out. So I started exploring um, tantric massage, which was great and like definitely brought this kind of like sacred embodiment to sexuality Mm -hmm. that I'd never really had and began exploring BDSM in a more mindful way instead Mm -hmm. of just like, oh, let's try this. I have no safe words. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't care what happens. And then um, and also I did pole dancing, which is like my favorite thing and also like I totally I always say that it like changed the way I fuck completely because it's just like I had never had like like I didn't know I even called it like slow fucking because I was like what is this like making love like I don't know what that is it doesn't make sense to me and then I like took a few like it took a few months of pole dancing classes but I was like oh my god I can feel my pelvis and like it feels good to grind and I'm like telling my partner to like take it slow and they're like who are you (laughs) yeah so 
it's it's been a wild journey, but I wouldn't change anything about it mm-hmm. because it's like it's great to be able to talk about sex now, but I definitely talk about sex from the perspective of doing everything wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's like we definitely have that like wounded healer type. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, I feel like I'm like the healer that's been through hell and back, and is like here, let me let me tell you about it. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh, what a journey you've been on. <laughs> yeah, what else. And a healer has to face their own, or any life crisis, yeah. their own shadows and mm-hmm. deal with their own stuff and be able to admit to that mm-hmm. or even laugh about it. Yeah. Because if they're not, yeah, exactly. And it's it's definitely tough work. It's like, and I feel like. I spent so much time trying to change who I was, trying to repress who I was, mm-hmm. and just trying to hide it. And the more I did that, the more it came out in mm-hmm. other dangerous, toxic ways. So it's finally been, whereas I'm like, you know what? I'm a sex addict. Fuck it. I'm just going to make my entire life about sex. My job is sex. My workout is sex. This is like everything is sex. And now I'm like, you're so chill. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, that's what I needed. <laughs> so can you talk about uh, the phrase that you use, sacred slut, and oh, what that means for you? Yes. So for me, it's definitely a reclaiming of the word slut. Um, I was also really bullied in high school. So mm-hmm. that was like, I was like the school whore and mm-hmm. people would leave messages on my parents but it was terrible and um and I just really hated that part about myself and was just like I wish I wasn't like this and and it wasn't until I was older that I really realized the value of it and that me unapologetically being myself helps so many others like I almost think of myself as like an avatar for other people to use um and yeah, it's just been, it's been a great journey and I love the word slut now and I use it all the time. And even it's funny, my current boy, I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm just such a slut. And he's like, well, why do you, you don't need to talk about yourself like that. And now he's like totally cool with it. But it's definitely kind of that thing where they're like, wait, why do you say that word? Why do you like it? So yeah, sacred slut to me is definitely bringing a level of mindfulness and ritual and embodiment to being a slut. But I also don't think you need to be spiritual in order to be a sacred slut either. That's, I love talking about sacred sex, but I feel like all sex is sacred. So Mm, yeah. I love that. Can I ask you a little bit about um, something you posted recently mm-hmm. about your discovery with boundaries? Oh. How you discovered, well, I'm like, oh, after pole dancing, I learned that I like this differently. Yeah. How did you get um, more comfortable, whether or not it was a kink situation, mm-hmm. just knowing your boundaries and getting comfortable with Yeah. So I love talking about this because. For me, it has been, you know, my early sexual experiences, I had no say, I had no boundaries, and I definitely thought that was just normal growing up. And and even then, it was like the idea of using a safe word I automatically thought would make you feel sound weak or something, and I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not a quitter, I can't do that. And so mm-hmm. I just had this kind of like tough girl persona built up about um, like what I was down to do, what I wanted to do, and even... I will say um, something, too, that I really like talking about is the opportunity in finding out about your boundaries. So Mm. I feel like now it's, you know, it's a very it's a tough time um, for sexuality. And it's like when like the idea of being triggered is tough. And a lot of people are like, 
oh, this triggered me. Like, I'm done with it. I never want to do it again. Or they beat themselves up after the experience. They can't get out of their heads about Mm it. And that can impact both partners. It can be like, obviously, if you're a consent violator, then there's, you know, there's no excuse for that. But I don't think the idea, I feel like we only learn our boundaries sometimes by pushing up against them Mm. or even crossing them. And I think it's really important to be really kind to yourself when you cross your boundaries and just kind of know that they're there for a reason. And sometimes you don't even know that you have Mm. them until you cross them. Mm. And I think there's opportunity in that to really find out about why you're feeling that way. So for me, um, I'm really into like daddy, daughter, little girl (laughs) play. And so the first time I ever did that was with someone I didn't really know and it just kind of came out and afterwards I was so fucked up for days I was just like it was so close to my own personal trauma and also thinking about like well I would never condone that in real life and it's so terrible and why would I be turned on by this and even then like who else is gonna be turned on by this I feel so dirty Mm -hmm. and and it was actually like it didn't go away. It, once I once I crossed that crossed that threshold, I was like, "All right, we're in it now. Like, let's just <laughs> figure it out." And it was like, "Why? Um, like, why was it so triggering to me?" And it was like, "Well, it reminds me of what I went through." And then it's like, "Well, when you think about that, um, I was able this." my personal fantasy or the way I crafted it was in a different narrative that really empowered me and really kind of shifted the idea of me being taken advantage of for me being the one in control. And I found that so healing. It still is my ultimate fantasy. It's like, I even have it in like bullet points at this point. <laughs> like, <laughs> it sounds like we had a similar discovery with that. Yeah. Like also my getting into sex Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like those experiences to be able to craft our own narratives around them are so healing and so powerful. And I love, love working with that. Um, But sometimes if you are triggered by something or you push up against a boundary, it's just not meant to be. And that's also (laughs) fine. Like another time uh, my boyfriend wanted to pee on me and I was like, sure, let's try that. Why not? And he like added some humiliation on top of it. And that's tough for me. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm always a good girl. (laughs) Like I never (laughs) want to be a bad girl. And so he added some humiliation and I was just like sitting in his pee and just was bawling. Like I just lost it. And then it was like, okay, let's talk about this. Why did I lose it? And I was like, well, I was a bedwetter for a long time. (laughs) Bringing that back up in a sexual situation was not healing for me at all. (laughs) So it's like, so sometimes there is a lot of opportunity and other times you're just like, okay, you know what? That's fine. (laughs) I don't need to be into everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. That's so sweet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Cross it off the list. I'm good. (laughs) But yeah, I agree that you have to sometimes take that risk in order to understand what your boundaries are. Because if we don't know our own boundaries from, you know, experience, you're just hypothesizing and Mm -hmm. feel like life, you got to live it sometimes as scary as that might be. Yeah. Especially in regards to sexuality stuff. Yep. 
Yeah. And there's so much that we don't talk about around it. There's not really any good. Or, I mean, it's getting better, but for yeah. a while there was like no blueprints. And for me, it was always just through watching porn. I'd be like, oh, well, I'm going to fuck like they fuck. And then I'll be an empowered sexual woman. And I was like, why have I never had an orgasm? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. And yeah, it's just like being able to kind of take the conversation a step further where it's like, why do these things turn us on? What do they bring to us? Do they make us feel good? Do they make us feel bad? Some people like to feel bad and that's fine. <laughs> Wow. So do you, sorry, I always forget to do this Bella here. Um, <laughs> do you use some of these like tools and techniques with your clients? How does that kind of work? Like, could you talk yeah. us through kind of like a rough session? Oh, like how yeah. Would that go? Yeah. So I um, actually just recently kind of changed the structure. Mm. Um, and so it depends on every, everyone's different and it totally depends on what they're working on. But usually if someone was um, really wanted to do some sexual healing. So I, this first session is usually us just kind of like diving deep into the why and the what, and just those kind of shadow aspects mm. that you have. And a lot of people have these fantasies too, that they feel so terrible about most of their lives. And so we really spend the first session just going deep into the shadow and lots of self care afterwards and kind of like journaling in between. And then the second session is based off of what you actually like, because I feel like in like if you think of sex therapy, a lot of times you go in because something's wrong with you or you think something's wrong with you and that you want to everyone wants to focus on what's wrong. And I feel like a lot of the focus should be on like, well, what do you like? <laughs> like what make if you're you know, if you're not feeling turned on during sex, what kind of sex do you like? Do you even know the words that you and like the words that bring you pleasure um and for me a big thing too was I identify as more mentally kinky now and that was like a fun um discovery for me because yeah it's like the physical side of BDSM was always I love watching it and it's super hot but as far as like me being spanked and stuff I'm like mm, I don't really get it like it's cool but I know I'm kinky so like where do I fit in all of this? And for me, it's totally very fantasy based. It's very taboo. It's very like all in my head and all these scenarios. And someone can be spanking me and it's like, okay, that's cool. But it's like, once they provide the context for why they're spanking me, I'm like, oh, now I'm turned on. <laughs> Yeah. Hard, really. Yes. Gotta yes. be over daddy's knee. <laughs> yes, exactly. So a lot of it is just like learning these words that turn us on and why. And then usually the third session, so based off of kind of what we discover in the first two sessions, the third session is a ritual. Mm. And so that's really fun. I do a lot of different things um, for healing. I love using rope. So I'm not like a shibari expert or anything, but I love, I use rope almost more like tantrically sensual. Um, it's more like, it's not like an intense tie or suspension, but more of just like the feeling of the rope on your skin and the idea of being held in something, but also kind of protected as well. Um, and also... I do work with crystals and kind of like uh, shamanic meditation type stuff. And because those are all things that have been really successful for me as well. And then also do like a little follow up afterwards with like, okay, how are you feeling after that? What's kind of coming up for you? Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's been really incredible. But for other sessions, if it's more of like, 
a sexual expansion and they're like, I just want to feel good. Like, I don't know what turns me on. Um, then I would probably do closer to like a tantric massage where I'd be like, okay, like let's feel, let's, let me run this scarf over your skin. Like that's very sensual. Like, mm -hmm. okay, let's try spanking you with a wooden spoon. Like that's a little kinky, like mm -hmm. trying all these different things. And it's like, which one do you like better? Maybe mm -hmm. you like all of them. Mm -hmm. Maybe you like none of them. And just kind of going through that and being able to kind of call it like pleasure mapping mm -hmm. and just like going through and like what turns you on. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> pleasure mapping is the, the term I will have forgotten. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's interesting. Do most, do you usually work with clients for about three sessions? Yeah. Okay. Before it was kind of one-on-one. Um, -on -one. And so it was, I, I was kind of running into a thing where doing the tantric massage in, in the scope that I was doing, it felt limiting in mm. some ways as well. And it was just like, it was just kind of focused on the massage. And then doing the coaching, it was also limiting because there was no like physical element. Mm. And so I was like, this, both these things feel disconnected. And like, how can I bring them together and like really make more a more like transformative journey and experience versus like, hey, let's talk about sex. I mean, it is great to talk about sex, but it's also mm. that kind of somatic like, how are you going to put this in your body? And for me, um, I've always been super dissociative most of my life. So the, mo the most transformative things for me have been things that can connect my body. Um, my favorite too is uh, I like I like cleanse the demons out of my pussy with a uh, obsidian. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> so. so um, I have always been very disconnected from my pussy and definitely like got to this extreme level where I was convinced I had yeast infections all the time and then I would take the medicine and then I'd get a bacterial infection and it was just like mm. back and forth and I was like shoving cloves of garlic up my pussy and just like I've I always take things a little too far <laughs> and so I went to the doctor and they're like you need to fucking stop whatever you are doing like you're ruining your body like it's you know you're you can like really screw things up and so I finally just kind of was like okay I'm gonna stop everything I'm just gonna leave it alone and it got better but it still didn't really heal like my mental connection to my body and so I got an obsidian crystal dildo from Chakrabs. Oh I have their obsidian root plug. Oh it's so good and um and I got it just with a specific intention for sexual healing and I took orgasm out of off the menu which is very tough for me and was like okay I'm gonna sit in my bed I'm gonna put it this obsidian wand and I'm gonna sit with it for as long as it takes and I was bawling within like 10 minutes wow. and it was like three hours and I really didn't do much of anything besides just lay there and feel it and I think I ended up doing that maybe three or four more times in a really intense way and just was really focused on like I am cl cleansing everything out of here that does not serve me everything that was not put here by me like mm -hmm. this is my space mm -hmm. and yeah it has been so transformative wow yeah so I think Gosh. yeah <laughs> so that was that was a huge shift for me too in using sex magic mm -hmm. right because it's like I um the first book I read when I was a kid that was like oh you should like sex magic is dedicating your orgasm to something so I'd be like oh Leonardo DiCaprio and then like that was it and then it was just like gone and Leonardo DiCaprio oh, never so called weird. me and um so 
Yeah, it was always this kind of thing. And it would be like if I wanted something, if I desired something, I would dedicate my orgasmic energy to it, which is awesome. And that's what sex magic is. But I also was realizing that I was pushing all this energy out all the time. Mm. And it was only through kind of like bringing that sex magic and orgasmic energy back in. that was like, oh, so powerful. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I have chills. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> I feel like so much of the magic and the work that you do is mm -hmm. like a reclaiming. Yes. And I really, really like admire that about you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. I think about it. Um, like if someone would have told me when I was 15 that like, you're actually going to be a sex witch when you grow up, I'd be like, what the? Oh, that's so cool no way i think about that all the time too. i'm yeah. like wow childhood self would be like exactly. really confused and happy damn i did a good job yeah. <laughs> yes for sure for sure wow so i'm so curious like this to me sounds like very intense energy work mm -hmm. do you have certain practices around self-care and self-protection Probably should more. <laughs> um, I've, I think I'm lucky in the sense like I most of my chart is Libra. I'm like, oh, I'm so much air. And I'm also I don't know. Are you guys into human design at all? I just said with Lenny about how that's awesome. Yeah, so I'm a reflector. So mm. it's like kind of my superpower is being that person that can show people that, but also be like, okay, bye, like, and not really hang on to a whole lot of it, which is awesome. Can you explain that to me? I've never heard of that. Yeah, so it's a uh, human design is cool. It's almost like your energetic makeup, mm. and it's based off of astrology. And I mean, it's definitely a pretty recent thing. Like it was, I think it was channeled by some dude in a bees. Uh, like 20 years ago in a cave and so it's like so some people are like oh it's too new like I don't know if I trust it but um but yeah and it kind of breaks people into five categories I believe mm. and um and yeah it's a great way of just kind of understanding your energy how it flows um some people are better at kind of initiating things energetically other people are better at receiving things energetically mm. and um and reflectors are kind of in the middle they're like the lowest percentage and they're almost like yeah the mirrors for their for society and their environment and so I definitely find myself really easily kind of uh, camouflaging into any environment but also when things feel like and it's almost it makes it hard to be a part of any community for the most part because you kind of go in and you kind of see everything and you're like oh well maybe this isn't the most healthiest situation like I'll be over here guys sorry about that so, so yeah it's, it's very much about kind of knowing your environment and yeah mm. it's just it's another fun astrology thing <laughs> yeah. yeah I think I'm a projector or something oh like that. yeah that's awesome is it <laughs> yeah Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I just actually met with a human design coach, which was awesome. Because oh. as a reflector, I'm like, there's not even really that much written about us. So I'm like, I need to figure this out because mm -hmm. I need to like, how can I help others best? And mm -hmm. I'm also a Leo moon. So I'm in that uh, that ego shadow a little bit sometimes. 
So I think it's like really realizing that it's not all about me. Like my power is really serving others mm. and being able to kind of set my own self aside for that. So <laughs> I'm always like, I never want any attention until I have a few drinks and then I want to be the center of attention. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear a little bit more about like your personal sex magic practice and as well of like, do you incorporate it in your work or is it yeah. mainly just for you? Oh yeah, that's a good question. Um, we are the sex magic podcast. I know, right? <laughs> so yeah, my personal sex magic journey, it's definitely very personal. Like I feel like we kind of have this idea when you hear about sex magic or Tantra and people are like, oh, I, well, I have to do that with my boyfriend or my girlfriend and it has to be this kind of two-person thing. Mm -hmm. And I definitely went through a phase where I was like really desiring that and kind of wished I would have had it. But I found kind of the second that I let that idea go, then I kind of called in this person who's like my current partner is very magical, but he's also very private about it, which mm -hmm. is interesting. So I'm like... What kind of spells you do? I want to talk about it. What does this mean on your altar? What does this mean? And he's like, um, I don't know if I can really explain it. <laughs> like, and so, so my sex magic practice is still very personal and it's always just for me. And, and I actually keep my magic in general is very simple, which is funny because I come from like a ceremonial witchcraft background where everything is so complicated and takes forever. And I love <laughs> that too. But I think it's more when I'm around other people, like I want to have this big ceremonial and even like my magic with my work is very ceremonial too. And so it's like almost with me, I'm just keep it super simple. I'm just like, okay, let's light this candle. Let's say some stuff. Let's think about this. Let's have an orgasm. And actually, I'm also exploring in my personal practice now, kind of getting away from the idea that I have to always have an orgasm. Mm -hmm. That's been, and it's still very tough because I think we all want the cookie, but, <laughs> but there's a lot of value in not having it. And I think it was even the other night, like... I was taking forever to come and I just had this, um, oh yeah, I've, I always talk about I'm really into pony play. It's like my big Aww, fantasy. Like I want to be like a pretty horse girl. And, um, <laughs> and so I started thinking about this pony play fantasy and it wasn't really getting me anywhere, but I was still just thinking about it and just kept drawing it out longer and longer. So it was like a 15 minute ordeal and I had such an incredible orgasm. <laughs> I was like, damn, I need to take my time more often. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. It's nice to do something also with lots of the expectation of ourselves. Yeah. Like, you just go into it for the sake of exploring. Yeah. And then you can get closer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's something I've been working towards in my own practice as well. And just kind of like being more um, very intuitive with my magic and have always just even with like tarot spreads, it's just like okay, I'm going to draw this many cards. Like the idea of having this like structured spread is like, feels almost like oppressive to me in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, so I kind of, yeah, I kind of bounce back and forth between having like no rules at all in magic, but then like <laughs> loving all of the rules that come with ceremonial yeah. magic. So it's like a little bit of everything. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. It's yeah. like, I need all of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, and there's actually one, oh, this is one practice I feel like you guys would love. So I just wanted to remember to bring it up. Um, 
So working with BDSM in a magical setting, Mm -hmm. but not having it necessarily be about like healing or because I talk a lot about using BDSM as like a container for your healing. And that's awesome. Um, But I feel like you can also use BDSM in a more like energetic or cleansing way as well. Mm -hmm. So I love um, it's called binding and scourging. And it's Mm -hmm. like you kind of use a small rope and you start with one arm behind you and then the rope goes up around your neck and then it ties your other hand behind you then you bend over and your partner takes a flogger and flogs just your root chakra Mm. and so that is supposed to be like there's like a constricting of the airway so there is a little bit of a um kind of a there's like a cutting off sensation I guess and then um with the root chakra it's like you're using it to cleanse your root chakra and that's Mm -hmm. kind of like then you go into circle being purified and so that's kind of yeah so that's like another fun way to use it where it's like it doesn't necessarily it can just be almost just a little tool to Mm -hmm. even help you get into a ritual headspace Mm -hmm. instead of being the whole ritual itself (laughs) yes exactly yes totally Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I um I'm actually gonna have an episode about this very mm-hmm. soon, but I am a Spanko and yeah. like for me I found so much healing of the root chakra mm-hmm. by doing uh, you know, implement play. Yeah. And it's really interesting to me that you can incorporate like BDSM and magic and yeah, all together. It's so <laughs> awesome. And it's it, they all go together so well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So is that kind of part of what you mean when you talk about conscious kink? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just being really like mindful yes. and having intention. Yeah. And coming from why are you doing this? Because for me, it was always just like I just wanted to try everything, check it off my list, and then we just feel pretty empty afterwards because I didn't really have a good connection with the person I was playing with Mm. and didn't have any safe words. So usually it was like, oh, well, I probably shouldn't have done that and Mm. kind of all this stuff. And it wasn't until I was able to really come into a scene and be like, oh, I want to do this because I'm healing this Mm. thing or like I want to do. But it definitely is. You do have to find someone who's very patient too to work with that because it's like the first time you start crying during sex, your partner Mm. might be like, oh, wait, what did I do? I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, this is really good. Like I need to cry right now. (laughs) Catharting and coming at the same time. (laughs) It's like deep catharsis. I love it. So good. Yes. Oh, so good. Yeah, but it's like, what's happening? Wow, I've never had the laughter it's orgasm. Really They're good. Yeah. Or especially when there's like a little bit like a face like taking me or like something. That's amazing. What would do you have any like simple tools or tricks that maybe our listeners that want to incorporate some more consciousness into their kink or maybe you're like new to kink and mm-hmm. want to approach it consciously? Like what would be some stepping stones? Ooh, yeah. Great question. Um, Thank you. So <laughs> you such a good question. Okay. Um, so I would definitely just kind of start by with what turns you on. And um, there's actually another great quiz out there called the Erotic Blueprint Oh, quiz. my God. We were just talking about oh, this so on a previous good. episode. Tell us everything. Yes. I am obsessed with Jaya. Oh, my God. She's amazing. I make all my clients take the Erotic right. Blueprint Have you been to any of her workshops? No. They're incredible. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, so so it's an online quiz, and it basically breaks down um, like how we experience pleasure into five different chunks. And it's um, there's energetic, which is very like magical touch, like you like eye gazing and very light touch. And then there's sensual types who just want like chocolate, and they want to be like covered in silk. And it's like what we think of as like the romantic kind of type of like sexuality. candles and yes, like rose candles. petals. Yeah, and then um, and then. And there's sexual, which is like you just want to fuck, like you want the <laughs> penis in everything and just like in out. And it's like if there's no guaranteed orgasm, you don't even want a part right. of it. You're like, well, I don't want to put the candles on because if I'm not going to come, then what's the point? Mm -hmm. And then um, <laughs> kinky is like definitely like and it's whatever is taboo for you, which I really love Important. the way she describes kink, because I think we have like I feel like Fifty Shades of Grey made kink kind of mainstream and very accessible, but also we still don't really have a lot of um education when it comes to like like kink is so huge it's so yeah, for a massive. lot of people it's like leaving the lights on yeah that's like the kinkiest thing exactly they're yeah. like oh my god totally. i couldn't yeah, well, like doggy style yeah. and you're like that's totally kinky like if it's it feels dirty for you then like that's great and um and then there's shapeshifters which is like all five and they can it, it can be like in varying degrees and what i think is really fascinating about the erotic blueprint is that i think of them as like gateways so it's like some people need kind of this like sensual beginning like they need the candles lit they want to they want to have nice sheets the house needs to be clean and then all of a sudden then that you can kind of open the next door and they're like okay now I want to be spanked now I want to do this and then it's like then you open the next door and it just it's kind like of their stack right? yeah, yeah exactly totally totally so I love I love working with that um <clears throat> with clients and so some way to bring one way to bring um, like conscious and mindfulness kink more kink into your life would be um, kind of just like writing down maybe like a certain fantasy that you have and feeling where that is in your body. Like when you think about it, where does it live? And especially mm -hmm. if you feel shame around that fantasy, um, focusing on that somatic element. So my client had um, experienced this like heavy iron cage around her neck and it was every time she was trying to come, she was always too caught up in her head and couldn't get out of it. And I was like, okay, let's think of this iron cage. And as soon as you start feeling all of this anxiety, when you get close to having an orgasm, how about you think about this cage instead and just focus on that? And it was even just a few weeks later, she's like, oh, I feel so much better. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. she's like, she's like, it's not totally gone, but at least just knowing that it's there is so helpful. Mm. And just like, that's probably my favorite tool um, for anything is just like knowing where it lives and just acknowledging it because I feel like so many parts of ourselves that we bury deep just mm. need a little bit of acknowledgement sometimes mm. and a little like compassion and forgiveness and it's just like hey it's okay it's gonna be like and then they're like oh it is okay <laughs> i love that like shining a loving light on your like the shadows of your sexuality yeah Ooh, yes yeah yes mm. and i think i almost 
I used to think my self-awareness was kind of a curse. <laughs> it was just like always just going over all of these mm-hmm. things in my head. But now I'm really glad that I did do that because I'm like, okay, here's what worked for me. Let's try to see how that works for you. And mm-hmm. then also working with so many different people. I've also gotten so much from them mm-hmm. too, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like I learn so much from the people I work with and I'm so grateful for them. I think isn't like being stuck in your head like very of the uh, energetic blueprint. Yes. That's like their shadow, right? Yep, yeah. Yep, <laughs> totally. Totally. And that's and I'm definitely like the mental. I love that she did the mental and physical mm-hmm. kink too. I'm definitely like mental kinky. And with the energetic blueprint, there's light energetic and dark energetic. So mm. a lot of people that are like energetic and then kinky stack, yeah. they're actually like dark energetic. Yes. Which oh, I love that. Good, yeah, that one's like that's like the ultimate like yeah. vampire, seductress, succubus kind of energy. It's like, so sexy. I love it. <laughs> Um, so we're getting yeah. close to the end mm-hmm. of this episode, and we have a question that we like to ask mm-hmm. all of our our guests, mm-hmm. and that is, if you could give your younger self advice mm-hmm. or any words of wisdom about sex, mm-hmm. what would it be? Oh, so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would mostly just be that everything's going to be okay. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, it's going to be okay. It's yeah. it's mostly, um, I feel like we're so alone when we're younger sometimes. And I think the internet is definitely helping that so much. But it's like, you know, I spent so much energy just hating myself and loathing myself. And it's like, it, I think about it now and it's just like, what, what could I have done with all of that energy? Like it's, yeah. So for me, it's definitely just like all about acceptance and mm. that you don't need to answer to anyone else other than yourself and that it's okay to be different. And yeah. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Is Oh, yeah. So I'm working on a few fun things right now. Um, I've been doing biweekly Instagram lives, which I've been really enjoying. And it's it's super casual. Um, I'm coming to find I definitely used to be very nervous about talking about this. So I'm finding that talking about it is actually I'm really enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to be like, I'd love to get a YouTube channel and stuff in the future. But I'm just kind of taking it in baby steps and doing the Instagram lives. And then I also just wrote my first blog post ever yesterday where can we read it oh it's on my website which is lenoreblack.com and it's uh four things that helped me in my sexual healing journey which most of them I feel like I talked about today so you guys will understand it and is that where people that want to book with you should go as well yep everything is on my website and then I'm also working on doing um I have because a lot of people have said that they like my voice so I'm working on doing like erotic guided meditation stuff which I think would be really fun and also kind of like uh, there's an app right now Dipsy which I haven't checked it out yet but I love the concept and it's also it's like erotic storytelling app that's like way up my alley yeah (laughs) and it's like with the audio and so I feel like there's so much potential with that and so much that you can do because I feel like with porn we're so like visually stimulated Mm -hmm. now that being able to kind of touch into that mind space would be really cool I have a subreddit to tell you about yes (laughs) perfect and then um, and yeah you guys can find Find me on Instagram at xlibris. It's E-X underscore L-I-B-R-I-S underscore underscore because I'm a book nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you.
Hey there, Tosca here. So I wanted to take a quick moment to share with you all about how you can support the Sex Magic Podcast. If you haven't already, you should follow us on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. Pretty much everything is under Sex Magic Podcast. You can also find us at sexmagicpodcast.com and we have all of our links there. But most importantly, we recently launched our Patreon and it's really important to support us because our collective of co-hosts offers a diverse perspective on sex and magic. Though we each come from various backgrounds and cultures, our unifying passion is to empower and explore sexuality, spirit, and the occult in a safe and approachable environment. Each week, we offer a new episode on a fresh subject in the realm of spirituality and sexuality. We interview a variety of guests, from authors to psychologists to witches and beyond. We strive to share content that is educational, inspirational, and mystical. So join us on our journey through sex magic by supporting the work we do. Every dollar goes towards propelling us forward and will allow us to continue creating podcasts. By supporting our podcast, you'll join our community and be part of the conversation. Our Patreon patrons will gain access to various resources, rituals, recipes, and behind-the-scenes access. With more funding for our Sex Magic podcast, Coven can dedicate more time to crafting sacred offerings to our supporters, sex magic courses, videos, spell books, and we really would love for you to be part of our sexy little coven. So I also wanted to take a moment to shout out a few of the patrons we have so far. Shout out to Melina Beatrice and to... Meredith Andrews, thank you so, so much. And also a shout out to my boyfriend and to my mom. Thanks y'all for supporting. means a lot. (laughs) So follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our website, and support us on Patreon. We love you and we want to continue offering these amazing podcast episodes and we're so grateful to do that and have your support. 